imagine a plant, a bush, or maybe a tree that stands out to you as healthy and thriving. How do you know it's healthy and thriving? What if it is actually dying on the inside? We all know that a plant is only as healthy as its roots. A lot of people make the assumption that if a plant is green, it must have healthy roots, right? But while the plant may be green, it may not be flourishing. Just like plants, we can be alive or we can thrive. And just like plants, our roots, our foundational practices, impact our susceptibility to disease, our stability, and our general health. I have a pygmy palm dying in my backyard. For the longest time, it looked beautiful. It looked healthy and thriving. We haven't changed anything in how we care for it. So why did it start to die? There's actually a long story here, and I won't bore you with the details. But in a nutshell, it all came down to the roots did not have the proper care and environment. Like my pygmy palm, people can sometimes look great on the surface, but we may not be doing so great on the inside. Diet, movement, rest, self-awareness, connection to nature, meaningful work, play, social bonding. These are our roots. While we can turn to the finest fashion, cosmetics, hair design, all that to look good, nothing replaces these levers for feeling and doing good. In order to operate in your element, you have to embrace personal leadership, which means taking ownership of yourself and your circumstances and taking the initiative to find solutions to your challenges. So how well are you taking care of yourself? As social creatures, we humans do best when we tap into each other for support, for expertise and feedback. Today, we're returning to the expertise of John J. Rady, MD, best-selling author and doctor of psychiatry with decades of research and practice from which he gleans his wisdom. Dr. Rady refers to those wellness roots as levers. The first half of his interview, which was our last episode, focused on one lever, exercise. I asked him about exercise's impact on another lever, sleep. Here's what he had to say about that and more. All these things work together, like you knew I would say. You know, they do work together. What, what I learned to call the wellness levers, different levers of wellness, one being sleep, one being exercise, diet, being outside, being in nature, being connected, perhaps again, being the most potent lever, uh, having a relationship with someone that you care about and, and all that, uh, having a goal, a purpose in your life. Uh, and for a kid in school, the purpose is to grow and to play and to learn and to develop uh, so that the future is br brighter for you. I love that. Wellness levers. What a great name. Um, I know diet being one of them. And in the wild, you guys talk about 
glucose. And I got to tell you, when I I read the book, I thought, wow, I will never eat another piece of bread again. I felt like I was going to be really eating poison. So I think a person would argue around the whole, you know, what about whole grain or sprouted grain? I thought that was supposed to be healthy. It's good fiber. Yeah, no, it, it, and we make an emphasis on the toxicity of glucose. And there we're talking really about high levels of glucose, however you get it. You know, and you're, and you're, if you, if you eat a lot of whole grains, a lot of it, you're going to have high glucose levels, even though you might have good fiber to help deal with it. You're still going to have high glucose levels. And this leads to fat. Because if you have too much glucose and you can't do deal with anything, you can't can't use use it. You store it in your fat cells, and it also leads to inflammation because the high glucose levels cause an inflammation in your body, and this is a problem. The chronic inflammation is seen as a a, a big cause of disorders and diseases. So. For our listeners that are not familiar with it, how how would you describe glucose? Where am I getting my glucose from? You're getting your glucose from mainly from processed food, from adding sugar to your coffee or tea or your soda drinks. I mean, huge amount of glucose there. So the, like you you saying you never eat a piece of bread again or you did you thought you shouldn't. Yeah, because there's a, a lot stored in wheat and in our diet so that you have to pay attention to that a bit. That's not to say, you know, there's some people that I know and have met and along the way that will think just as you did reading the reading Go Wild, that, oh, my God, I, I had a piece of bread. You know, it's like, oh, Lord. How could I have, uh, you know, because they know the dangers of it. And it's not, I mean, that was that was on the irrational side, right? I mean, it's not like you can't eat any glucose because you wouldn't be able to eat much at all. Um, right. It's just a matter of moderation, of moderation of, of really, you know, knowing what you are eating and knowing what it can do to you. So... Uh, you know, glucose is, is the, the ultimate energy source within our body. All of our cells use glucose. That's how we, you know, work. But it's glucose is, is there in our fat cells and, our, and all over uh, our bodies. And, uh, you know, it's just a matter of not taking so much in as we all do too often and lead to all kinds of trouble pre-diabetic, diabetic, oh my God, just anybody uh, who ages, you get there. And uh, that's a problem. Yeah, the diabetes is definitely on the rise. It's a good policy to, to really just pay attention to what you're eating and know that a glucose load is a glucose load. And having pasta every night is a problem. Because those those wonderful, and believe me, I love pasta, like everybody, you know, and or pizza. It's, it's like a, many tablespoons of sugar you're taking in, because that's what the, the, the wheat or the rice or whatever the 
pasta is is eventually broken down to sugar. Um, vitamin D doesn't always make the list of important vitamins for some reason. How do we get it and why do we need it? We get it through a diet and we get it through sunshine. And we need it because it is a key factor in almost all of our internal chemistry. It's a cofactor. It's very important. Uh, important for our bones, for our health, for our immune system, and for our mood. All this we know. So, yes, I'm not sure why it never got included, but it's, it's really crucial for us to have adequate levels of vitamin D. Now, in today's age, there's a lot of fear around skin cancer. So you see a lot of people avoiding the sun, um, the use of sunscreen. I don't, does sunscreen interfere with vitamin D absorption? It certainly can. Uh, I don't think that's the main, the main agent, though. Um, I think people not being active, not being out there in, in, the, in the environment and, and not paying attention to their diet. I mean, you, you take in a lot of vitamin D and you probably take in an adequate amount if you eat a balanced diet. And then going back to sleep, vitamin D helps with sleep? Yeah, I don't think it's as cut and dry as you're making it, but okay. because there's a lot of things that, that affect sleep a lot. Uh, but the big issue is getting enough sleep and um, paying attention to it, and especially with our little devices that, that are ever-present in our hands all the time you wake up with your cell phone you you know use your cell phone to lull you to sleep and it, it can be very destructive to to getting enough sleep overall and it's so important because our brain needs it your body needs it your mood needs it all these things impact it's a really important lever of wellness so i know um because people are not sleeping probably because they're not getting the exercise, not getting outdoors as much, um, you know, being on their screens late at night or just before bed. Um, a lot of people turning to melatonin, and I'm seeing it in, you know, child gummies now. Is there a way that we can create that melatonin on our own more naturally so that we're not reliant on the supplements? Or what are your thoughts on the supplements? We, we do create it. And, and, you know, those supplements are, you know, it's so much better to do exercise and to have a good diet and to have a good relationship with people and, and you know, feel connected in the world and then sleep will come easier um, in general. Yeah. And for those that have trouble, melatonin can be useful. Every night I wouldn't do it. Uh, you know, then you, you're you're suppressing your natural ability to make melatonin, and that then becomes a problem. Mindfulness. I when I read Go Wild, an aha that I had around that was when you guys talked about meditation. I've always felt bad because I feel like I can't meditate because I've been told meditation means you have nothing nothing going on in your head. And I just can't get myself to a place where there's nothing going on in my head. And I don't remember exactly how you guys described it, but um, it was 
when you were talking about it being a muscle to the brain and the idea of, I don't think you use the word purging, maybe declutter. It's, it's decluttering. I thought, oh, okay, that I can do because that it's still active. And then I thought of the word mindful. So you, it is okay to have your mind full of something, but can you just tell me a little bit about your thoughts on mindfulness and meditation? Yeah. Yeah. No, the, you know, meditation, meditators start by focusing on something, over-focusing on that again and again and again, like the Zen people use breath counting. A lot of, a lot of meditators use breath counting, the breath coming in and going out. And then you focus on that and you just focus on that. And that's decluttering, right? If you just focus on one thing, you get uh, uh, your your brain decluttered. And that leads to uh, a meditative state or can. Okay. So yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be concerned that you can't meditate. I mean, first of all, in yoga, if you do yoga and you put yourself in these incredible positions, right? Right. When you go to the end, when you're lying there and they say, just relax and let your mind be empty, you will be able to, to meditate then <laughs> because you've put yourself through, or at least that's the way I remember. I mean, and do it. I do yoga a bit. But yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, holding positions and then you have this relaxing time. Oh, my God, just like not thinking about anything. And that's when meditation works, especially for my ADD people. They, they have to do that first before they can meditate, before they can think of nothing. So as learners, whether adults or children, a little meditation before you're doing something heavy, so to speak, cognitively? Yes. Well, in, in, in Spark, we talk all about that in terms of doing jump rope before you sit down and do your homework that you hate or doing meditation to clear the decks, clear your mind, that you will then be better able to focus and stay with it. Okay. The last thing I'd like to chat with you about is the idea of biophilia. Another one of those things that I'm hearing a lot about, and I'm happy about that because I am a plant person. But for those that say, I don't have a green thumb, I don't want any plants, they all die. Why do we want plants in our work and learning environment? Biophilia means we're naturally in love with nature. And plants are a way of reminding us and being with nature. A simple house plant, like behind you, you have this, these plants, right? It's it's a cheap way of being in nature, but you know, and in, in other words, you're not out in your garden, or uh, you know, out on a walk in the by the seaside. You know, the nature. It's not not just plants. Plants are part of it, but a big part of it. Oh my God, I we spent five months in Hawaii, and I'm just addicted to the, the palm trees that right outside of our third story window we're at the top of these palm trees where the birds come at night and watching the birds come in and just i want to hug the trees you know mm. i really do it's like oh my god they're they just are so wonderful not 
wonderful seeing them, watching them, seeing them in the wind, and but then seeing them with the birds coming and being a place the birds sleep and all that, just so wonderful. And the time spent in nature is is such a benefit for our brains and for our being. So that sounds really good, again, to somebody like you and me that are natural nature lovers. But for those that might hear about your walk and, you know, to them, the, the birds are maybe noisy or a nuisance or, you know, they don't like getting dirty or whatever. Like, what's the science or what should be the motivation behind, you know, get yourself out there more? Well, there is a science. And that's, that's, that's what Go Wild talked about a bit you know, in on, in biophilia. There is a science to show that we need this nature. There's there's a nature deficit disorder, which you probably read about, right? You know, that in people living in the city and especially our vertical cities that are, you know, 80-story apartment buildings and, you know, never get out or get out very seldomly and certainly don't get out in, in the fields and where there's lots of birds and lots of greenery, you know, but we need that we need that connection because it, it lowers our stress level. It lowers cortisol, one of the measures of stress. It raises our uh, good neurotransmitters. It makes us feel happier and more content and less depressed. And we have evidence to show this, you know, and I think that's that again that's what it comes down to is yeah there's people naturally yeah they're they're not into it but then realizing what it may do for them and in terms of its benefit like instead of turning to a gummy you experience the peacefulness of nature right just kind of wrapping up here um if you could picture yourself as a a parent that's you know trying to raise a child or teen in today's world, you know, your advice to parents as far as an area of focus for their children's yeah. overall well-being. Overall well-being is being a great role model by, you know, getting into being well, uh, all the stuff that we've talked about, educating the, the your children uh, about why, that it's not just because oh I'm I'm just a green thumb and therefore I'm interested in nature, but the uh, the kinds of things that benefits that can accrue from from them doing these uh, healthy kinds of activities, and and for the for the younger kids with parents parents there is playing with the children, playing with the kids, putting down your cell phone as well as their. Uh, device and playing with them there's nothing like it nothing like it in terms of benefiting both you and them i mean it's such a lost art in a way for so many parents because our devices take us into wonderful worlds but play with them get two headsets of vr people you know and <laughs> Right. All right. But that well, kind of interaction is precious. Precious. I agree. Well, John, I really appreciate you taking the time. And, you know, speaking of technology, I am feeling thankful for technology that you and I can be talking on opposite coasts. And it's really been an, an honor to be able to meet you and, and chat with you. I really enjoy your work. I think that you've done some very impactful work. 
Well, thank you. It was fun. Enjoyed talking with you and loving what you're the work you're doing and helping kids find their find their best selves. There are schools and businesses across the nation converting classrooms and workspaces to well spaces in order to provide calming refuge for students and employees to visit throughout the day. Things like chairs, snacks, water, plants, quiet space for yoga, focus, and reflection. When you look at your daily schedule, how much opportunity do you make? And notice I did not say, do you have, but how much opportunity do you make for the lovers of wellness? And in what ways can you incorporate more? Let's begin at home. And once you feel like you've adequately integrated all the levers into your home space, think of ways you can incorporate more into your work and or your learning spaces. Remember that each person's lever needs will be slightly different. So if you live and work with other people, there might be some compromises and conversations that need to take place. Some people are more sensitive to diet than others. Others need more exercise and or time outdoors. Some need more quiet time and rest. To wrap things up, I have two challenges for you. First, we're going to make Friday the 13th a lucky day for five listeners who spread the word and support others in achieving and maintaining wellness. We're going to do this by sharing this and our last episode on one or more of your social media stories. Tag Element Education and use the hashtag Element is Everything. We will randomly select five of those who did this to receive a free copy of their choice of either Spark or Go Wild. Second challenge, see our show notes for a wellness worksheet. Employees of Element Education can use this worksheet to participate in this month's wellness challenge. Students in Element Schools can use the worksheet as a PE or health assignment. Other listeners can use it for the sole purpose of self-reflection and improvement. Because, after all, it is only when we tend to our roots that we are truly healthy and thriving. And it is only when we are healthy and thriving that we can truly be in our element.